All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome in episode 101 of Oilers Nation Radio. I'm Tyler Uramchuk. Bag Milk is off today, which means I will have the hosting duties joined alongside Rick Nation Dan as well, or at the Danalytic, as some know him. Uh, welcome in, Oilers Nation Radio. Before we get, and we're going to talk, don't worry, we're going to talk a lot of Oilers rumors. We are going to talk about all that sort of regularly scheduled programming. Um, but before we do, it's been quite the, I, and I'll use this word, and I don't think I'm even using it lightly. I It's been quite the historic last 48 hours around the world of sports. I'm sure everyone listening to this knows what's happened and what's sort of sparked from Milwaukee Bucks deciding to boycott Game 5 of their series against the Orlando Magic in the NBA bubble. That spurred NBA games being canceled, Major League Baseball games being canceled, hockey games being canceled, and I'm going to give WNBA. you WNBA games being canceled as well. I got a, Naomi Osaka as well, opting out of her match in the Western and Southern Open. Um, basically, every sport sort of coming together eventually, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit here. I'll let you guys each have your take now, but the way I put it yesterday on Real Life was, this was one of those moments where it it stopped being about sports and it kind of showed that there are there are lots of moments where sports needs to be sort of pushed to the side and there are things going on that are far more important than who's going to win the game. Yeah, I, I think you, you said it correctly when you said it's a historic moment. Um, I think that we've all we've all said uttered the phrase in the last what five months that sports are a distraction and that we need that distraction from the COVID stuff. And, you know, I really respect and, and admire the folks in the NBA and then the WNBA and then the MLS and the teams in the MLB and the list goes on 
that have decided that 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 is the you know that that is the course of action that they would like to take to try and to try and reignite this conversation that we've been having and need to keep having and uh and it's 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 you know I don't know if it solves everything tomorrow it it obviously doesn't but it's just another you know another brick in that wall of of change and you know hopefully moving forward as a as a league where you know specifically to NHL a league where it's more accessible to everybody that's I don't think that's a bad thing it's 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 more welcoming to everybody and uh and for us to you know have to sacrifice quote unquote watching some sports for a couple of days to keep that conversation going and to really you know really hopefully see some some positive change that's you know I'm I'm all too happy to to lose my hours at my other job you know to have that conversation on all of our social media channels uh it's it's a positive thing yeah this is uh this is a, an interesting time for us. I think these types of situations come up once or twice in a generation, and this is this is our opportunity. Um, I think uh, I've heard a lot of people say, um, "I don't want my entertainment something, 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 whatever." Uh, but we can't expect our entertainment to be at the hands of something that's going on in the rest of the world. Um, I've also seen a lot of people get upset with, uh, people calling the NHL, um, racist or saying this is racist or that is racist. Um, I think right now is an opportunity for all of us to kind of sit back. Actually, no, not sit back. This is where we need to step forward. We need to, we need to, to, to go somewhere with this. Um, this is, you know, I, I have trouble putting in terms in, into words exactly what I, what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling it really confuses me what some people think yeah uh you know how how people can be looking at it the way they do this is not a political debate this has nothing to do with politics this is morals this is humanity um this is our opportunity to change the world and we all need to do it we all need to do it together we got to stop yelling at each other we got to stop expecting people to do exactly what we think they should do. We need to sit down and have proper conversations. There are people out there going to say, they're not going to agree with you, but they're not going to be totally um, on the opposite side, you know, being pro-racist, but they're, they're going to be like, they have questions in the middle and you have to understand, you have to, you have to be, be able to figure out when they say something when they actually are making a statement or they're actually making more of a question. And then we need to sit down with those people. And I get it. This is not the, you know, they don't think this is the time or the place, but we cannot allow this to get pushed into the background again. This is not a time to um, escape. There is no escaping right now. We can escape again in two weeks, one week, 10 days, whatever the hell it is. But right now we all need to stop. We all need to work together. And we need to somehow figure out how to eliminate this in the future. And I think that with the pol- political divide the way it is right now and how wide it is, I think that really doesn't help this at all because it does. People like to like pick and choose and, and say it's this side or that side, that side or this. Really, it's none of that. We are all human beings. We're all one. You know, we're all brothers and sisters. We're all we're all in one team here, and we need to work together and move forward 
and I get it that our entertainment is kind of swept aside, right? But these people that are playing to entertain us, they're not, do, you know, they're doing it for them. Like they don't owe us anything. They do not owe us a yeah. damn thing. Um, they're allowed to do what they're doing. And right now is not the time for five people from over here and five people from over here and five people from over there to kind of split off and, and kind of say the same thing. We all need to stay together to get this, uh, to, to progress. And I think the NHL can be a big part of this because they are a predominantly white sport or league. And I think that it's easier for them to make a big change because they, because they are white. Therefore it doesn't technically, and I, fuck, I hate, I hate saying this. I don't know how to say it, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really affect them in their everyday lives. But when it doesn't affect you in your everyday lives and you're able to still sit there and say, no, we need change in this. That's going to be, that's, that's, that's the route we need to go. They need to join in with, with, with the, with the, with the other side. You know, we just need, everyone needs to come together. Everyone needs to come together. And I think the NHL can really lead um, a group of people who aren't willing to walk with, the NBA per se. And I know yeah. that sounds weird and I'm not trying, like I, I'm, I really well, wish people could try and understand what I'm trying to say. I really actually, no. I hope they understand what I'm trying to say. Cause yeah. I don't know if I'm saying it properly, yeah. but I think the NHL can really lead a group of people who necessarily wouldn't have walked with the NBA. Yeah. I think they can really lead the NHL. And when we can get those two groups together, that's when I think we can really start to make some positive steps forward. I, I think the important thing here, and you hit on a lot of the really big bullet points there, Rick, the important thing is that we're having a conversation and yeah, people can go sports are supposed to be a distraction from this kind of stuff. And you know, sometimes distractions aren't a good thing. Like sometimes you need to step up and look at real life and real world issues and not just sit there and talk about the game last night. And I think that's why it's good. You mentioned, you know, everyone kind of coming together as one. Yeah. There's NBA fans, basketball fans, baseball fans, football fans, but hockey fans in a predominantly white sport, it's very important that the NHL joins in to the chorus of leagues doing this because it opens up that door for discussion to a whole nother group of people. I think that's really important. I think, I think you said a lot of good stuff in there, Rick. I think it was just, and I think that people's, people's frustration with the NHL, at least from what I've read, and this is just, you know, one person's opinion, but uh, I watched a lot of people that felt like the NHL wasn't quick enough in its response to follow the, you know, it's brothers and sisters in the NBA and the WNBA and the MLS and MLB. But I don't think that taking a few minutes to, or, you know, like taking in a couple hours to talk to, you know, your fellow teammates, Ryan Reeves had a phone call with the Vancouver Canucks, you know, a lot of the Vancouver Canucks teammates, um, you know, having that conversation and having like a real, you know, in-depth conversation, because not everybody agrees on every, and every solution and everything that's happening. Um, and that's, so I, th I think it's, you know, yes, would it, would it have been great if the NHL had been like, you know what, NBA is taking the night off. So are we? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But at least they took a step forward. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily have to celebrate them like you, like you should the NBA and the WNBA for just that. For, moment, just for the, but, just for the, and I know I'm not trying to pick sides or anything like that, but the magic were on the floor, the magic were warming up, yeah. the magic were ready to play. Yeah. Right. Of course. And, so and, and it was kind of like the Bucks. And we have heard or read um, reports that so-and-so isn't very happy with the Bucks and the way they did it because they kind of did it on their own as opposed to, you know, make that big phone call. I think they had the next day. You really could have, you know, thrown everybody on what we're doing right now 
and they would have come up with the exact same thing, right? Right. But, I mean, it, it, it kind of made the magic look a little bit silly. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, it's the same thing with everything, right? Like every decision that everybody is making in this time is what they think is best at the for, time, the, for the for the moment. And it's not, and it has nothing to do with, you know, they, it wasn't like the Milwaukee Bucks were like, oh, you know, we have to consider that the Orlando Magic, you know, whatever. They, they made their decision and, and it spurred on a change that's important to happen now. But like, you looked at people like attacking the Blue Jays for playing their game. The Blue Jays were playing their game when the Milwaukee Bucks decided that they weren't going to. Like, it's mm-hmm. not a, you know, like you gotta, you have to put a little bit of context on things and, and remember that, you know, the world doesn't move at the at the drop of a dime, and and some mistakes were made. Again, I'm not saying that it was perfect, but I think it's a good thing that we're having this conversation again. It's you know it didn't go away since yeah. the big since the big start of the movement um, all those months ago, and uh, and and you know as a person you know I, I I tell myself what can I do, but at the same time it's the little things that we can do um, ourselves. If you see somebody being you know being marginalized if you see a a situation you know even within your own you know little circle that 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 causes you you know some discomfort now because you've become aware of some things speak up you know speak up when you're comfortable but but say something and do something uh if you can because you know not everybody's going to be presented with that situation but uh but you know i i know i know talking to you three boys i know talking to you know to, to most people I know, you know, everybody's, everybody's really, really aware of this stuff and going forward, you know, things like this moments like this, I hope are historical moments that we look back on and we say we were on the right side of, of the change that was put in place by this. Yep. Um, the last area I wanted to touch on with this, uh, Rick Westhead had some great tweets about the hockey diversity Alliance, which is one of the great things that's come out of this last four months in the movement. And hopefully it spurs on more changes in hockey. They've made some requests to NHL teams, and I just want to put those out there right now. Uh, one of the first was that NHL rinks be used as polling stations for the upcoming U.S. election. Also something I think you're going to start seeing and hearing more of more of in the NBA. Uh, the hockey diversity... Yeah, it already started it with already has, Houston, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I believe uh, in a joint statement today, they said that they're going to work with all the teams to try to make all those arenas uh, available for the U.S. election. Uh, the, the Hockey Diversity Alliance wants to see the league continue to push teams and uh, maybe even mandate teams, interview more minorities for jobs, um, and hopefully create more of a black and black presence in front offices and things like that. Um, the HDA wants the NHL to be fully transparent about those policies. They want the league to commit $100 million over 10 years to battle systematic racism, or sorry, systemic racism. The, the association has suggested that the money goes towards grassroots programs, social justice, initiatives, anti-racism, education, youth scholarship, and executive and coach training, um, like all that stuff. And then there was a few other things, like they wanted uh, some PSAs put out. They want to do black jerseys one game a year during warm-ups. Um, that would be auctioned off uh, for, for the cause. Uh, there were some people who talked about changing the blue line to black for those games as well. Like those things are, are good, and that's what will create awareness. But what will create change, and the area I really like, is pushing the league to hire more minorities for important positions and more teams to hire more minorities for important positions. I, I think that's the one and putting money towards, you know, grassroots programs in area where it, areas where it doesn't exist. Like that's only going to make the league better as well. If you make the league and the sport accessible to everyone, you eliminate a lot of the, you know, a lot of the biases that yeah. come into it 
when it when people are looking at starting hockey specifically hockey we all know is a very inaccessible sport monetarily at its very core um you know i i I hesitate to find many people in, you know, in my life that, that were able to, you know, comfortably afford hockey their whole lives just because that's the way it is. Um, and that can change and that needs to change. And you're right. I, I think seeing the, I, I'm glad that the HDA's proposals that have not been touched have become to light so that we can all see, you know, like the NHL claims that it's listening and it's looking into things. We got to see some real action now. And that's, that's, that's the important thing coming out of all of this. Yeah, you can only hope that uh, that the owners and and the rest of the NHL take this seriously and and become a catalyst in in, in making the change that that is necessary. Um, I get how some guys get kind of or some people, sorry, get kind of um, defensive when they say this is racist, that is racist. Um, hockey, I don't believe, is racist. However, there is racism in hockey. Uh, and then again, hockey people don't get too upset. Hockey is a, is a spinoff of society. So it's, it can't be expected to be, you know, it's not the only area that's race. I think we need to fix yeah. racism in society. And then that will trickle down through every branch. So, and I've always had an issue with people saying hockey's this, hockey culture, hockey culture, hockey culture. Um, it is it's just a microcosm of, yeah. of society. Yeah. So I, I really don't like when people try and focus it on, on hockey, this or that. I, and I think a lot of people get defensive. I know that my first instinct is to, to kind of get defensive. I can feel it in my chest. And then you got to stop and think and, and really understand what they're saying and look at it properly, not just, not just from those words. But you need to take a, a wider look, a wider scope at things, and you'll understand that there's there's racism out there, and it and it's and it's it's all across the globe, and it's going to spread everywhere. And yes, I would love to be able to take it out of hockey, but we can't take it out of hockey till it's out of society. And so this takes this goes much further out of out of the arenas for me. That and Dan said it. We need to take care of our little circles. We as three guys on a phone right now talking to seven guys listening or seven people listening to us, you know, we don't have a lot of ability to get our voices out there um, beyond that. However, if we take care of our circles and everyone takes care of their circle, that will get rid of everything much quicker than us being able to do what some some people can do, you know, with a with a news camera in their face. Yeah. So I think we need to take care of our little areas, and if everyone takes care of their little areas, this whole entire world will be a much better place. Hundred percent, Rick. And I think that's where the whole, you know, needing to change hockey it, it's it's right on it's right on board with that. It's you know, as hockey fans and hockey players out there and all that, like you take care of your circle. Let's take care of hockey. And if you know, hockey takes care of hockey, basketball takes care of basketball, and every walk of life takes care of their circle. It'll be. It'll be a much better world. Uh, this is episode 101 of Oilers Nation Radio. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks at Sherwood Ford the Giant. I believe we gave away a, uh, was that an autographed Ryan Nugent Hopkins jersey? We gave away a Sherwood Ford the Giant the other day? It was. It was beautiful. So uh, lucky nation citizen went home with that. Shout out to Sherwood Ford the Giant for helping us get that all set up as well. Check them out. Twitter, Instagram, Sherwood Ford the Giant. Um, oh, geez, my mic just cut out really bad there when I leaned over. 
Uh, it's big news today in Edmonton. Finally, after all of this waiting, we finally got the 50-50 number announced. Holy shit. Um, Darren Ravel, who uh, he's the big business, sports business guy, he tweeted out, uh, Edmonton Oilers 50-50 raffle winner from last game of team season will win a tax-free record prize of $5.4 million, worth more than every player on the team's salary but two. I tweeted him back. I said, four Oilers make more than that if you use their AAV. Darren Ravel, who has like two point something million followers, actually just tweeted me back and said, nope, wow. not after taxes. And I said, using their AAV, Darren. So shut up, Darren Ravel. Uh, but $5.4 million after taxes is the number we saw out there. I believe the prize is $7.1 million. But uh, man, the Oilers really stretched that thing out, eh? Hey, why are they getting taxed on this? Well, that too. I thought you didn't get taxed on lottery winnings. You don't winnings. get taxed on lottery winnings. That might be Americans tweeting about yeah, hold up. Canadian prizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, like, you win... No, 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 no. You win uh, 50 mil in the lotto max? Unless, unless they're saying... Oh, he's talking... He converted it into US dollars, I think. What uh, the fuck? No, well, let's go, go the other way. The Fine, way, we'll, go, yeah, we'll go down there. Darren and Tyler are going to fight. Let's send... Yeah, no, let's... let's uh, we got to send them a... A notebook on the, the ways in Canada. <laughs> yeah, he converted it to to U.S. dollars. Okay, Darren, whatever, man. Uh, anyways, that's a shitload <laughs> of money. Piss when he hears this. For yeah, when Darren listens to this podcast, he's gonna be <laughs> livid. Uh, Seven point one million Canadian dollars. That's a lot of money. What yeah, I'm, still, I'm still doing the podcast after winning. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right? You're uh, gotta wait. Here. You gotta wait a little bit of time for the check to clear and everything, right? Yeah. Can I can I ask you guys the same question that probably every like FM radio host and person <laughs> sitting around a fire is asked? You get seven point one million. What's your first sort of splurge? Like everyone is going to do the oh yeah, I'd buy you know a nicer car, I'd buy a house, and all of that. But what's your splurge? Like what's the one where it's unnecessary as fuck, and you are only buying it because you have seven point one million? I'm buying a hotel in Vegas just so that I can always go and stay there. Oh, like you, oh, just like one hotel room or whatever. Just like a no, no, just like a shitty hotel, like, like the just whole like a, thing, like a C list hotel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Make a little cash off of it, right? How much and, are you gonna spend uh, on that? Seven million dollars can't be that expensive now. You, you spend a hundred grand. In the of you, go, you go into you go into any casino, drop a hundred grand on one on one on one deal. They'll give you whatever the hell you want in there. That's a good Surely deal. hotel. You know what you do. Vegas you know what you do right is you go and you buy Fight Island. Okay, get the hell away from everybody else right now with all this COVID shit. You bring your friends on over. You fill Fire it up with Island. your friend. Your oh yeah, that's that thing on Netflix. Um, Fire you back. fill it up with your with your friends and your family or whoever you want there, and you sit back for six months. You sit back for a year. You put your feet up. You enjoy. You let things calm down a bit, and then you strategize how to spend the rest of your money. Smart play, Rick. Thank you. I don't know. I didn't say I about you, Tyler. I didn't say I'd actually last that six months out there, but <laughs> uh, what would I do? I think it's tough right now in times of COVID, but um, I'd probably get like a really nice golf membership somewhere in the city. That'd probably be something I would do like in that first calendar year after winning. And like, is that a splurge though? Oh, if I, if I whatever the nicest club here is in Edmonton, suppose, like, yeah, I'm true. getting in there. I'm getting the max membership. I am doing. The full shebang. And for one summer, I am living like a goddamn king. And probably for a lot of summers after that as well. But I would just probably golf a lot. That would always be my splurge. I'd golf like three, four times a week. You buy hole 17 and you call it the Urem Chuck It In hole. 
And uh, yeah, that's there you go. That's uh, a splurge. All right. Well, buy but, the naming rights to the <laughs> hole on your own golf course. Uh, I believe I I had someone tell me once that because it we were I was talking on the radio about uh, how much it costs to build a golf course. I heard it. The rough estimate is usually a million bucks a hole in Alberta for how much it costs. So Wolf. you. Yeah, you wouldn't have enough to build a golf course on your own, but maybe, you know, invest in one or something like that. I don't know. Well, you know what? Like, that's that's a good golf course. Like, you could yeah. build a decent Frisbee golf course for <laughs> half a mil. Fair enough. All right, we you got the 50-50 talk golf, right? out of the way. Uh, let's, dig into, uh, let's dig into some hockey talk here. We're 22 minutes into the podcast, so some of you are probably saying, about time, but we got the Sherwood Ford <laughs> giant question of the week, courtesy of our friends at Sherwood Ford. Uh, goaltending seems to be seems to be the talk of the town. I've written two or three articles about it. It feels like every time you go onto OilersNation.com, there is an article in there about the Oilers trying to acquire a goaltender. Uh, so the question this week is, out of the available goaltenders, who would be the best fit here in Edmonton? And I put the word available in there because I don't want you to be like, well, Carter Hart would be the best available or would be the best fit here in Edmonton. Like, out of those realistic options that we've sort of seen thrown into the rumor mill over the last couple weeks, who would you want the Oilers to go out and get? Matt Murray, Tristan Jari, Robin Lehner, Antti Ranta's one of them. Jacob Markstrom could very well be an unrestricted free agent. Not sure if that's realistically going to happen, though. Uh, but which goaltender? I'll, I'll let you go first, Dan. Is there one that jumps off the page and you go, you know what, they got to get this guy? Well, I wasn't, it wasn't even really, I wasn't even really thinking of it until I think somebody mentioned it to you on Twitter. Yeah. About the about the Arizona goaltending situation. It was original Puzar, I'll give him credit. Now, oh yeah, Puzar, of course. Um, it was. It's one of those things where you look at that situation. That team just lost their first round draft pick. They lost their second round draft pick. Like it's, and they've and they've already traded that stuff away for Taylor Hall. Um, and uh, there was another deal that they did. So they're they're without a first or a second round pick for the next two years. You got to think that a new GM coming into that situation probably wants to recoup some of those assets and start building his own team, right? So why not be going after the, that team, especially when they're already looking at, there's already rumors that they're going to be getting rid of OEL. So you got to think if they're looking at getting rid of him, that they're not really looking at competing anytime currently. So why not go after one of their goalies? I, I, I think that that's the situation that you got to go after if you're going for an ideal situation. Yeah, I think, I think that's an interesting point there. Uh, the Oilers don't have a ton of draft picks to trade away, but the thing with Arizona, you know, they're always trying to cut costs and, the trade proposal that was tweeted to me was, you know, you work Chris Russell into the deal because he's making $4 million, but he has that big signing bonus attached to him as well. So do you swing Russell for Ranta? It's even on the caps, and the Coyotes actually have to end up paying a, a less chunk of money. The Oilers probably have to throw in some sort of asset as well. But I, for me, I'll, I'll go here. Ranta's real interesting because I think he might be the easiest one to acquire if you're letting me sort of pipe dream a little you got to be just drooling at the idea of getting one of those guys out of Pittsburgh. A 26-year-old goaltender, or 25 in the case of Jari, who can come in and be your starter for the next five, six, seven years even. Like, that would just help this organization so much. Uh, what say you, Rick? Does Ranta his injury pass scare you at all? No, because you would have Koskinen still, I think, in this situation. Yeah, but if he's had, if he's got all those he's had all those injuries and they keep going, then you know it's uh, his value might not be uh, exactly what you moved. His, for. Va- his value might be even lower because he's coming off a year when he was hurt, and if you get him and he manages to stay healthy, he's a legitimate starting goaltender. I think. Yeah, if he's able to stay healthy, I'm yeah. all for it. Uh, I think the team that 
and I don't know exactly how you go about doing it, but nobody asked me that part. So um, the team I think I go to is uh, your Columbus Blue Jackets. I think they have two goaltenders there. They can't keep two. They have some holes to fill in their lineup, as you can tell by their relatively early exit in the playoffs. And I think that is an obvious area that, of, of strength that they can they can end up moving. So I would have to say, I think we go to we go to Arizona. You know, UFA has really scared me. Um, we don't have a great track record there. You overpay, you overterm. Yeah, I like making the trade for someone younger. Uh, somebody, you know, and the, both these guys in, in Columbus are both 25, right? They both fit right into the nucleus of the, of the Oilers right now. It looks like a, a perfect, a perfect match if you ask me. Yeah, I think, I think the, the, um, I think now is the time to make that big splash though, because you're, you're we looking at an first, expansion uh, draft. Dude, you're I'm moving looking. 14. I'm moving number 14 this yeah. year for a goalie. Yeah. If, if the opportunity is there, cause then. You got to think that, you know, Miko Koskinen is a good goalie. Yeah. And he's got, you know, his, I mean, his contract isn't great, but when you're an expansion team, you don't really care about that. There's not going to be a ton of teams, I don't think, left when the expansion draft comes around that's going to have a second goalie that's exposed that's worth, you know, diving after more than Miko Koskinen hopefully could be. So, or the, or this goalie could be if you were, if you were, you know, if that experiment failed and, and Miko is your number one goaltender. But I think now is the time to make that move. And, you know, I mean, you start, you start having to, having to think about, you know, your window around these guys. I know it sounds negative to oh, say that stuff, but true, but honestly, it's, it's, it's time to make that move now. Like it's, it, we've been preaching patience for a while, but, and Ken Hall, we are in you know, win now. Yeah, we are in win now mode. So it's, you got to make that move if it's available and, you know, you try and figure out how to recoup the draft pick somewhere else. Yeah, and I I agree. I would trade. I would really consider trading fourteen for a young goalie who's proven he can play at the NHL level. Jari Murray, Merzlikens, or Corpusallo. That I would just be worried that then you're not picking for so long in the draft. So I do that trade if I can recoup. If I know I'm going to be able to recoup a pick. And if you're going to Pittsburgh, they just traded their first rounder to Toronto, so you're not going to get a first back from them in any sort of deal. But the Columbus one is interesting for a couple of reasons. We know they liked Andreas Athanasiou at the trade deadline. He almost went there. So if the Oilers have Athanasiou dangle this trade bait, Edmonton's picking 14. Columbus is picking 21st overall in the draft. They don't have a second or third rounder. but I And there would have to be a couple more pieces sprinkled in here somewhere. But what if it's something around Athanasiou and 14 overall in exchange for whatever goalie Columbus doesn't want and 21 overall? The Oilers might have to add a little bit still there, but I think that might be, like, that's sort of the framework I'm thinking for acquiring a goaltender. And the next topic was, how much would you be willing to give up? You guys both answered that for me already. I would give up the first if I know I can recoup another first somewhere. I'm okay with picking in the late 20s if I'm getting a goalie as well, but I'd be worried about outright trading out of the first round. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. Uh, I like that deal you just came up with right there. Um I think it, it it definitely solves our issues. Yeah. Still keeps us in the first round for that, hopefully, a, a scoring winger, right? I think yeah. that's kind of where we need to go when it comes to that draft pick anyways. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I can get behind that. The only other team I'll say is, uh, I, know, I know Hank is almost done, but the Rangers have two young ones out there too, right? Yeah. It just might be a little more expensive and tougher to get them out of there. 
Gorgiev had a bad year, though. So I maybe you look at Alexander Gorgiev coming off a bad year pending RFA, and you go, you know what, now's the time to get him if we believe in him, and our scouts say he has what it takes to be a legitimate starting goaltender. Maybe I'm worried because he didn't have a good year, and there's a part of me that wonders if Hank might just hang him up. If he might, or maybe he comes up with some, you know what, I got a leg problem, put me on LTIR, I'm done. Like, I wonder if the Rangers might give him the old wink-wink, nudge-nudge, can you leave a year early to really help us out here? I don't know. But uh, I think, like, are we all kind of consensus on we'd rather see them give cough up the assets for a young goalie than go hard after Laner and have to give him seven mil over four years? Yeah, we've done that before. We should have learned our lessons by now. Didn't really, you know, Mike Smith was Mike Smith. Yeah, it didn't really work out with Hobby Bullen back in the day. Um, I think he up to. Uh, I think yeah, the best opportunity here is just to to make that trade and try and bring someone in around the same age as the rest of the nucleus, and let's roll like that. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's just we're all kind of in agreement yeah. here that that you're going after it's. It makes for great radio, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's just the reality, and I, I can't imagine there's many listeners that are that are saying, you know, no, don't look at a goalie. We need defense or something like, you know, we're not talking about we're not talking about trading Oscar Kleffbaum for a goalie here. It's it's not talking, talking about, about making Clefbaum a at all. Well, making a lateral move for for a goalie instead of uh, instead of you know selling the farm and selling the selling the the actual team in place. Yeah. But if you can make a deal for that first round pick, you got to do it. This is Oilers Nation Radio, as Dan said. It's not great radio, but I like to think it gets the job done. Uh, We are brought to you by Skip the Dishes. Friday, at least in my household, is always Skip the Dishes night. It's always just, I ain't cooking, I ain't cleaning. I am getting someone to drive to my door and drop off whatever I want. Hundreds of restaurants in the Edmonton area available on skipthedishes.ca, or you download the app. It's the best way to get food. It's Yeah, it's like one of those things. Do you value your time enough? You should. You absolutely should. There's there's lovely folks at mm-hmm. Skip the Dishes that are ready to ready and willing, and they're already out there on the road supporting the local. Food for we're you. just trying exactly. to support the local economy. You can get exactly. You can get our other sponsor, Yegburger, on there. You can get Oodle Noodle on there as well. All right, moving along on Oilers Nation Radio, episode 101. Bag Milk's off today, so it's just the three of us trying to piece our way through an episode. Bag Milk, for those of you who listen to the podcast, he does absolutely all the work for this thing. So when he (laughs) lets us know at like 9 o'clock he can't make it, we are pretty much scrambling up until the time we record. I want to talk a little bit about some other teams in the Oilers division here. Uh, The Calgary Flames bounced out of the bubble. Were they out last time we recorded or no? They hadn't been eliminated yet, right? Last Friday. Time moves. No, I don't and, think they're quite. A, I don't and think the world has changed. Yeah. I tweeted my video of the game five collapse, or sorry, game six collapse on August the twenty first. So that was seven days ago. Seven days ago. Okay, well, seven oh, days yeah, that happened. Yeah, Friday. So we did it was talk about we, it, then, I guess. it was after we recorded then. Yeah, right after we recorded. Uh, I think like I think some changes gotta happen in Calgary, and I think changes will. And this is an Oilers podcast, but Calgary's in the division, and it's always a big story when they make moves. Do you guys think we've seen Johnny Goudreau play his last game in a flame sweater? I think they should have. I think uh, a leader like that put up no 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 points, five on five. Second straight uh, year he's need, been bad in the playoffs. Yeah, man. I, I think you need to... Personally, I'd like to see them keep him forever. Yeah. But if we're speaking from their perspective, uh, I think you need to uh, you need to cut bait, move on. But you got to be careful, man. It's... Uh, 
that's a pretty big piece you're dealing with, and you better get back what you uh, what you're what you're moving out. I I don't know. I don't see it. I the I can't the imagine not any around. teams. Like, he's no, not I know, but I can't imagine many teams look at the bubble hockey oh. as like a real true tell. Like you know what I mean? It's 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 literally happening in happening inside of a bubble. It's happening in a different universe than what you're used to, and. I think most teams would hopefully expect to be back in some kind of sense of normalcy next year uh, by come playoff time, which is going to be obviously, you know, around the summertime as it is. What was um, your excuse for not showing up last year in the playoffs? Oh, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that – I'm not saying – like, I, I, I look at him like an Everly type. I think this is one of those what? ones where they if, they – if they got rid of Johnny Gaudreau, I'm not saying that he's a world-shaking player – but I think if they got rid of him, they're going to regret it. Whatever deal they make, they're not. It's going to be a you know sixty cents on the dollar kind of deal because Gaudreau hasn't shown up in, when it matters, and so the the, the newspaper clippings from uh, Eric Francis are there. But yeah. it's uh, you know it's it's just I don't I don't see it happening. I don't think a lot of teams like the the Penguins shocked me. Like the, 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 that move was just kind of you know yeah it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. And who the hell makes the Toronto Maple Leafs look good in any deal? Come on. Hey, the um, Leafs haven't won a damn thing. Why is everyone getting so jacked? Well, yeah, but Pittsburgh overpaid for Kapanen. If well, you get a, if we got a first round pick right for, now, if we got a first round pick for Tyler Ennis, the, like that's basically you know, the, the equivalent to Athanasiu here. It's getting a, if the Oilers yeah. dangled Athanasiu right now and got a first for him, that'd be nuts. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. But I mean, you're paying for a player who could really light it up with either one of those centermen. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't disagree with that. But Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has to like we're talking about our window being short, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, Pittsburgh's won a bunch, right? So they're trying I know, to win but, right now. They're in like the last couple of years of Detroit mode, I think. Yeah. But this is exactly this is what happened to Detroit, and then Detroit, you know, started making deals with guys that they couldn't that they couldn't handle. And you look at Rutherford's Rutherford's resume is woeful in the last in the last few years. Um, for trades, I don't have it up here. I think it was Gregor that actually t- tweeted the, uh, the 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 list of of trades that he's made. Let me bring it up. You guys banter about something here. Well, I, I know exactly what list you're talking about, and I'm not going to help it out because I don't remember anything. But I know there were one or two on there that that weren't horrendous, and there were a couple that uh, that weren't great. But I mean, you can't go down with a bat on your shoulders, right? I'd rather have a guy who who swings and misses. Here. Rather than uh, Tambellini, who keeps his bat on his no, shoulder. No, but you hated but Shirelli because he swung and missed I know, all the time. You, you can't, you can't go swing at everything. But I, um, I didn't, I don't see that wasn't like a Taylor Hall trade though to me. Okay, well here it is. So he's traded Ole Mata for Cahoon and a fifth. He traded Phil Kessel, Burks, and a fourth for Galchenyuk and Joseph. He traded a sixth round pick for Marino. That's a win. That's a win. Uh, Good Branson for Martinson and a seventh. Galchenyuk and Addison and the first for Zucker. Blandizi for Verone. A third round pick for Patrick Marlowe. Cahoon for Shiri and Rodriguez. Plus the Kasperi Kapanen. I mean, he got Pontus Aberg, so you can't be too upset about that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like, like, like Tyler said, it's, it's got the, he's got yeah. kind of a tinge of Shirelli to him where yeah, he's just he's have, making these moves to try and how many, get it. How many cups does he have? Well, and yeah, that that is that is interesting too because he he's won, he's built a winner there in Pittsburgh, or you could say, you know, the team won with him there. Um, yeah, 
I don't know. He, it's, you're right. And the Kessel trade, he, the Kessel trade he had to make, did he not? Wasn't yeah, like, Kessel kind of wanted that. Sort of, that was kind of, that was, that but was it's ex- the end of the run. But it's expanding. It, it just, it, it expands on these, like, on, like you said, with the Detroit Red Wings, where there's a team that had some moderate success and they're trying to keep the dream alive. Moderate success. Of, they won like three cups in 10 years. No, or maybe a little more than that. That's successful for sure. Yeah, but very that more was, than what, moderate. Seven though. years ago? Or is it, we're talking six, seven years now? At least, haven't yeah. we had a, haven't we had a new Stanley Cup champion the last six years and now we're going to have another one this year? Like it, it, you know, so it's it's I don't know. I get it because because you have you know the formerly the best player in the world and Evgeny Malkin as well. Um, you know, you understand that you want to sit on that, but at the same time, it's like, man, like, why are you trading a first round whoa, pick guys, for whoa, oh, whoa, guys, whoa, guys, whoa, guys, whoa, whoa, it's back now. Oh, 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 fucking thank God. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. A little popping. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, buddy. You're hosting. Okay. Sorry. Uh, my apologies. I was just taking a little, uh, I had to do a little business call there. Guest interview here. Well, oh, get, right. well, yeah. Feel free to interview me all okay. you want, Tyler. I'm here and prepared for answer, and to answer questions. Okay. Let's run you through the Oilers topics we've touched on so far. Uh, which right. available goaltender, this is the short for giant question, by the way, Ooh, which available no goaltender to. would be the best fit here in Edmonton? Which which one do you want to see them go get? I, I like the idea of Tristan Jari, but I also read on Twitter yesterday, Corpus Allo might be available out of Columbus, so that would be super intriguing to me. What's the most you'd give up for it? Like, would you part with the 14th overall pick for one of those two? Ooh, I think you'd have to, wouldn't you? It'd probably be real close. The yeah, idea, but, but Tyler's got Tyler's got a great spin on it, though. Like go one for it, goalie, goalies don't usually go for too too much in trades. Like you have the examples of like Corey Schneider for ninth overall, but like even John Gibson when or sorry Anderson when Toronto traded him to uh, or when Anaheim traded him to Toronto, he went for a late first and a late second. So the idea I had was Andreas Athanasiu because we know Columbus likes him and 14th overall to Columbus for Corpus Allo and pick 21 in the draft. So the Oilers trade down seven slots. They also swap out Athanasiu for Corpus Allo. Maybe Edmonton has to throw in another piece somewhere in that deal, but it probably isn't too significant. I do that. I mean, it's a buy. Be a, to be honest, it'd be a bummer to give up on Athanasiu that quickly just because we didn't really get to see what he could do at all. Yeah. Well, you're um, almost not really giving up on him. You're just spending him to, to, to fill a, a gaping hole you need. You're taking an asset and you're and you're using it to fill a hole that you really need. Yeah, you're 100% right. So, yeah, I would make that trade, Tyler. Interesting. I like the idea of getting that first round back. Yeah. Like, yep, me too. I, I think sliding down seven, I mean, like, let's be honest. The draft is such a crapshoot at the best of times, especially as you get later and later and later and later. So I think that, you know what, how much different is a 21st overall as opposed to a 14th overall? And chances are probably not that much. Yeah. I That's mean, don't fair. tell Columbus that. I mean, maybe there's even an option <laughs> for a three-way trade there where, Columbus initially takes 21, slides down to like 27. Maybe they get a second rounder for doing that, and then they do that deal with Edmonton. I don't know. I think Holland will have to get creative because he doesn't have a lot of assets, right? Like he has pick 14. That's kind of it for the draft picks he can deal here in the next couple of years unless he trades next year's first rounder. You're not dealing Bouchard or Roberg. You're you're not no. dealing Yamamoto. Like no. There's not really a lot for them to trade here. No, not really. There's really not. And I think that, um, I mean, I think Rick probably said it last week or something like that. Like, eventually, you have to be open to trading these picks if you want to get better now, as opposed to having to wait who knows how long. Right? Yeah, no, I we're, mean, in a win, we're in a win-now situation. We need to start winning now. And I think that if you, if you are spending, 
that kind of trade equity, if you will, on a goaltender, you better make sure that you get it right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the other thing too. Because, I mean, that's a position that the Oilers have, you know, I mean, since Roley really was here, it's been like a revolving door of a bunch of different guys. I mean, Cam Talbot obviously had a little run in there as well, but like it's, they really haven't had a guy who's been here long term for a long time. So that's a position they, I'd love to see them get locked down. Dude, even Roley wasn't here for a long time. No, he really wasn't at all. Right? Right. When they, really, they kind of gave up on him to dive into the Javi Bullen pool. Well, and that was I hilarious big, at the time. I didn't really like that, that move. I would, I hated it at the time too because I remember I remember the thinking was like, oh, Roley was like, what was he? He's like 38 or something at the time. And then they're like, well, he wants a two-year contract. You can't give a two-year contract to that guy. And then they flip it around and turn Javi Bullen into whatever it was. It was yeah, An injury-riddled Javi Bullen. Did, uh, yeah. Bullen, did he retire right after Edmonton? Uh, well, let me look it up. Somewhere else. He must let have played it. somewhere else. We would definitely know. I think I feel like we would know if Tampa he was, Bay uh, was that his last stop. He there? Did, no, Chicago. Actually, then. no. So Chicago, he only played four games in 2013, 2014 after leaving Edmonton. So he basically, for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes, shut it down. And why did he only play four? Was there an injury there? I would imagine so. Uh, he also had a 5.0 goals against average and an 8.11 save percentage. <laughs> Which is pretty sweet. Oh. Which is pretty sweet. 8.11, wow. Uh, no problem, boys. Just go out and score a touchdown every <laughs> single game and we'll be all right. <laughs> the, the last area we touched on before you got in here, Bag Milk, was just, uh, do you think Johnny Goudreau's played his last game for the Calgary Flames? Do you think we're going to see big shakeups from Calgary this offseason? I, I, yeah, I do. I think this is the last game that John Gaudreau played in um, Calgary and I think that they're going to think whatever they get back in return is going to be adequate to fill the hole that he you know I the playoff scoring aside the guy still produces in the regular season and I think they're going to lose the trade no matter what they do for it they need to go they need to do it they swap it for a defenseman and try and figure out the offensive hole they're on their uh, in a different way takes the pressure off the defenseman but they have a they have an issue with their D man. Like you get to hide behind a, a number one D for a, for a, for a while, and I think Giordano has somehow raised their 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 uh, perspective up over the time he's been there. But he's at the end of his line. That defense is in a lot of trouble. They've got some offensive pieces. Try and get your defenseman in there. Get that big defenseman, and then uh, try and figure out the offense some other way. Yeah, I mean, like Geo's, he, uh, I'm looking at it, he turns 37 in October, so there's not much tread left on those tires. Oh, you mean Neo Dano? Neo Dano. That's right. Yeah. Uh, right. Look at Dan, fresh haircut, too. Good for you, buddy. Thanks. I went to Sport Clips, Sherwood Park. Nice. Show nice. Sport Clips. Absolutely. Um, okay, the last area before we get to our Yegberger hot and cold performers of the week. Uh, just looking at some, some areas here, the RFAs has been something that's been written about a lot recently over on OilersNation.com. So the three big ones here, because there are a few, you know, percolating in the minors and all that, but the three big ones are Bear, Benning, and Athanasiu. So I wouldn't mind just quickly doing a little roundtable going on each name here. Um, we'll start with Andreas Athanasiu. Just kind of give me a, what do you think is going to happen? What would you like to see happen? I'll start with you, Dan. Uh, I mean, you can't qualify the guy, so you got to get him to agree to, to something more sensible with you know i'm ideally like a a one in front of it but i i don't think that that's possible so i imagine that there's a team out there that just wants to take a flyer on him and pay him some cash and 
you know, all the best to him. Rick? I think you look at, uh, you look at flipping him. Um, for his price tag, I, I, it's a big gamble to, uh, to slot him in the lineup with that kind of, with that kind of dollar amount to him. So I think you try and find a team out there with another RFA who may fit exactly what we need, who might be that third line center. Um, I don't know exactly where you go or you get him in, you put him in that part of that goalie deal we're talking about. But, uh, I have a hard time seeing him taking the, the, the pay cut. And therefore, I see it being tough to fit him into the lineup. Bag milk? I, I think he signs a one-year show-me deal somewhere like 2.1, 2.2 or something like that. That would still give the Oilers an extra another, one more year of restricted free agency on him before he becomes a UFA in 2022. Um, that would be my bet. I bet Uncle Ken's like, listen, we can do the arbitration route if you want to. You had a horrible year. I don't want to roast you in front of an arbitrator. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I was chatting with my buddy who's a big Habs fan, diehard Habs fan. And we were talking, and he was like, do you think the Oilers and Habs can make a trade this offseason? And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe. Like, really interested in Domi. And I was like, what do you think yes. the Habs would say to Athanasiu for Max Domi? And he was like, oh, they do that in a heartbeat. They want Domi out of there. They need a winger. And I was like, seriously, you think they'd do that in a heartbeat? And he's like, yeah, they would then love call to get them. A call them right now. Yeah, someone, no we have, do we have another line here? Someone get someone on the damn phone. Get what was the line of, trade right now? What was the line of thinking? Why do they want to get rid of Max Domi? Uh, because Domi apparently really wants to be a centerman moving forward. And the Habs have a lot of centermen. And he said they wouldn't mind getting some more speed on the wings. And they're a little bit weak on the wings as well. Uh, Domi's an RFA at the end of the year as well. So, you know, the contract thing might get interesting there. So I, he, he, I threw that at him, and he was like, yeah, I think the Habs would definitely do that. No-brainer. And I was like, no-brainer from your perspective? That's a no-brainer from the Edmonton perspective. That's weird. But you know what I think? This is my prediction. This is my bold prediction right. for the offseason whenever that actually happens. I think there's going to be a lot more player movement than we necessarily expect because there's a lot of teams that are pressed up against the cap that are going to be selling for pennies on the dollar. It's just like that Toronto trade. You know what I mean? Where it was like... They yes, they got a first round pick, but that was all about cap space. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of those deals this year because I'm looking at Puckpedia.com, and there are a lot of teams that are hugging the cap right now. I, I agree with you. We, and Dan was sort of talking about how much will teams read into performances in the bubble since it was a completely different universe. And there's a part of me that goes, yeah, you know, if GMs have a nice level head, they'll be like, you know what, that was a weird pandemic year. We shouldn't do anything crazy. Don't blow it up. But GMs often don't have level heads. And I think I agree with you, Bagmilk. I think we'll see a ton of player movement this offseason. Yeah, I just think I think it's going to be more interesting than maybe we expect because if teams do have some cap space available um, heading into this offseason, like I'm looking at, like, what is Steve Eisenman going to do in Detroit? Because they've got a ton of space right now. He can probably be picking up guys for pennies on the dollar. Or even going, Dude, the, think, or even going the route of like... I was going like, to say he might... Take off picks. people's problems yeah. and for a draft pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're saying it the exact same time. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> uh, Dude, I think we need we really need to, we really need Alex Petrangelo to oh, not fuck, sign oh. in Toronto. Oh, yeah. If he doesn't sign in Toronto, that's really gonna send things in uh into into left field. I think if he doesn't sign there, they have a lot they're gonna start thinking about overpaying. And I dude, we have a we have a right-handed shot defenseman and over a here. Of them we could move. Yeah, I mean, there's two guys that I would like to move out there. <laughs> um, one being number four. Uh, yeah. Not realistic. However, 
or at least so Toronto, I don't think it's very realistic. However, I think that, um, and I, I, I love the player if he was healthy. Uh, the bear, the, uh, the back injury too kind of scares me. Yep. And then, um, getting that for <laughs> that, getting that money off, off the, uh, off the table. That's, we can do something there. I think Toronto might, uh, I know everyone's getting behind Dubas here, but if you start putting out the, those, those muscle, those blue collar players, I think you might be able to convince them to overpay. I think it would also be hilarious if Toronto signed Alex Petrangelo because they would have so much money tied up in so few players that it would just be hilarious. Yeah, I don't see a way in where they're going to find enough money to do that. Um, but Like, they would um, have to clear out all kinds of shit. Well, if they want Petrangelo, they have to trade Nylander. Like, if you look at their cap situation, that's the only way that can happen. They need to trade Nylander if they want Petrangelo. So maybe there is a scenario where they sign him, and then it's like, all right, guess we got to move on from Nylander, even though Dubis, you know, promised then, him he wouldn't trade him. But then if they do have to trade Nylander, what does that trade even look like? You're going to trade Nylander for just, like, Players on ELC, yeah, pretty much. Like that is just that would be hilarious. It would be. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say we should go through the other RFAs, but on the fly, I'm kind of thinking we should just do an RFA a week because that'll bring us like nice up and close to the start of the off season. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna talk about Benning or Bear. We're gonna save those for the next couple of weeks here. Instead, I'm gonna get my buttons ready and we are gonna play everyone's favorite game. It is the Yegberger Hot and Cold Performers of the Week, brought to you by the fine folks at Yegberger. It is Edmonton's. Best burger joint, different milkshakes featured every month, different burgers featured every month, or if you got a favorite on that menu, like the Return of the Mac Burger, the Classic 152 Burger, maybe you love the Chicken Burger. You know those are always there, and you know they are always good because you get quality at Yegg Burger. All right, let me get my buttons here, and there we go. There we go. All right, we're gonna as as always, as Bag Milk would say, if he were here, rest his soul. I'm gonna start with the veggies, uh, and I'll start with you, Rick. Who's your cold performer of the week? So, cold performer of the week, I'm going to go with uh, drivers. I live on like a little avenue, and at one end of it, they're building a <laughs> condo, right? So, if the road is closed, you can't drive through there. So, at the top of it, there's a road close sign. Can't, no, no left turn here, no right turn. You can't get because you can't get through there. Do you know how many times I watch cars turn there, come on down, all the way down to the construction site, stop, look confused, pull a shit hook? And then get the hell out of there. Like, people, it says road closed. Why are you turning? And you're, it's honestly in your lane. You have to drive in the opposite lane, the, the, the oncoming traffic lane to get around it. So I'm going out to, to Edmonton drivers. Let's pay attention, people. Come on. Worse. Worse. Dan, you're a cold performer of the week. Well, I feel like it's been, it's been another one of those weeks where it's like, did this really happen this week? But it's... Uh, it's Alan Walsh, player agent for Mark Andre Fleury. Oh, fuck, that putting was out, this week, wasn't it? Putting out, <laughs> putting out an image of his player the night before, the day before they uh, they played a playoff game, uh, just absolutely sewering Mark Andre Fleury's head coach, forcing his player to have some stupid conversations the next day about you know how we've been friends since we were fourteen and. And, you know, all this other weird nonsense. But anyways, uh, Alan Walsh, for not going far enough, there's a plot twist. I thought he should have made like a video or something where, you know, like in that typical Golden Knights fashion where it was just like overproduced and and overwhelming with the pyrotechnics and stuff. And then it ended with the sword in the chest of uh, Marc-Andre Thorey. So Alan Walsh, my cold performer of the week. What? Bag milk? 
Uh, Cold performer of the week is the hilarious 50-50 debacle. I, uh, to me, it's just, it was so funny that they made an announcement that it was like, all right, Wednesday at 4 o'clock, here we come. And then Wednesday at 4 o'clock, they're like, oh, yeah, it's still not fixed. So we'll see, you at, we'll see you later. We'll see you later. And I just thought it was so funny. Because the Oilers, at this point, now the 50-50 winner has been announced. However, the Oilers got knocked out three weeks ago. So uh, that's pretty hilarious to me. Cold Performer of the Week, 50-50. Uh, my Cold Performer of the Week, it's going to go to Elaine Vigneault, the coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. One, whoa, did anyone else hear that? Was that me? Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> my Cold Performer of the Week is going to Elaine Vigneault. Uh, first off, he was just kind of being a jackass at the end of the Montreal-Philadelphia series. And uh, I didn't like that very much. Chirping Brendan Gallagher when he had a broken jaw and couldn't play anymore. But also, uh, he, he came out the other day to a press conference. And when he was asked about the social justice issues, he said, I don't know what's going on in the outside world. Like, really, man? That's your cheap little cop-out? If you want to sit there and give cliches all day, that's okay. You know, if you really don't want to talk about it, have a cliche ready to go. Say, you've talked to the team and it's an important issue, and move on. But don't sit there and be like, oh, I don't know what's happening. I'm not talking about that. Like, I thought it was cheap. I thought Elaine Vigneault kind of showed the type of person he was over the last seven days. So he is my cold performer of the week. I'm upset. Uh, time for the hot performers of the week now, and uh, I'll go the reverse order here and start with you, Bagged Milk. Uh, my hot performer of the week is I'm going to give um, players in pro sports the hot performer of the week for using their platform to do the right thing and speak for social uh, for racial equality. I thought that they have an opportunity to, um, to speak their minds to a lot of people that may not necessarily want to have the conversations that need to be have. And I think that it's really important that they did, that they use their platform to do it. So hot performer was the players that um, took it upon themselves. Uh, Rick. I'm going a little lighter here, but I think this is going to make everybody smile and it takes us back to uh, whenever our last Vegas trip was. But my hot performer goes out to Mr. Jay Downton and his dance moves. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That was a good video. That Yeah, that video. Oh, man. Like, I'm <laughs> telling you, there, was, there were too many actual um, choreographed moves for him. Like, if you just kind of, like, got out of the way and said, hey, Jay, let your hips do the thing, I think he'd be a little more comfortable in there. But either way, I think it was actually hilarious watching. Uh, that dude's had one hell of a summer, and he, he, he's doing great work for everybody. I'm gonna, I want to hear Cotton Eye Joe one more time. Please. Dan, you're you want to see, Before I get to Dan, if you want to see that video of Jay dancing, go to at Oodle Noodlegram on Instagram or Oodle underscore Noodle on Twitter. It is. It's I'll good. be sharing it from the nation a couple of times. I'll be memeing. <laughs> I'll be memeing Jay like crazy. Um, it, it's just Oodle Noodles raising a lot of money for charity over these past few months, and he's being a good sport about it. So yeah, it was hilarious. Dan, your hot performer of the week. Yeah, uh, my my hot performer of the week. I hate to do it, but it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. For, for going out and getting themselves a first-round pick for a guy that just wasn't worth it. You know, they, they saw an opportunity, and I think a lot of us, when they saw that when we saw that the Penguins were getting Kapanen, assumed that, like, somebody bad or some dead weight was coming back to the Leafs. 
But no, they went out, they got some cap space cleared, and they got a fifteenth, the fifteenth overall pick, and they'll be picking right after us and hope we take whoever they were going to take. So my hot form of the week is the Leafs. Fair enough. That was hot. That's hot. Ah, uh, my hot performer of the week. Uh, I get sometimes it can be hard when there's rights deals involved and all of that, but. I, I thought Kelly Rudy and Christine Simpson as well, but Kelly Rudy's clip ended up going viral. Uh, the words he shared on the NHL broadcast the other day, he didn't care if the network he was working for was the rights holder, what the backlash could have been. He said what he thought, what he felt, what a lot of us felt as well, and it's, it's that there shouldn't have been hockey games that night. And uh, I just want to applaud Kelly Rudy for uh, doing such a great job of saying the right thing, even when it might not be easy to say the right thing. And I think... Looking at that, that's probably a lesson a lot of us uh, a lot of us could learn and something a lot of us could uh, continue doing there. So shout out to Kelly Rudy for uh, his role on the broadcast the other night. Put some respect on my name. All right, there you go. Episode 101 of Oilers Nation Radio. Bagged milk. Thanks for jumping in at the end. It was like a cup of coffee. Yeah, it was like, you know what? I wrapped up my call with the fine folks over at Odd Shark and I was just like, I looked at the clock and I thought I had time. I had time, and I, I I want to bring a little real life into Oilers Nation Radio, or just pop in unexpectedly. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Uh, Rick, Dan, thanks for your time as well. Have a good weekend, boys. You as well. See you, boys. Shout out, shout out, Damien. Shout out to Sherwood Ford as well, our wonderful sponsor. Uh. Shout out to everyone listening <laughs> along at home. This has been episode one hundred and one of Oilers Nation Radio. Enjoy your weekend. Best wishes. Shout out, Damien. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.